Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. All right, well, we're going to get into our message this morning and we're on the sermon series of grace. Grace. Last week we spoke about scandalous grace. How many uh, enjoyed that message last week? Scandalous grace. And I just loved the word scandalous. It got your attention, didn't it? And we, we, we talked about um, the fact that Jesus went to the cross for you and I, and our sins were laid upon him. That's scandalous. That, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that for you and I. And then in addition, we mentioned about three or four people in the Bible that were the lineage, part of the lineage of Jesus Christ at Tamar. We, we mentioned about Rahab. And these people that were in the lineage of Jesus Christ, but when you understood their life and who they were, you would go, God used these people to get Jesus Christ? How, how does that, how's that possible? That's God's grace that allows that to happen. Maybe some of you here today can look back at your life and say, how in the world am I here in church today? Maybe 30 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, maybe a year ago, you would have been shaking your head going, there's no way I'd be in church today. There's no way. But here you are today by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. By the grace of God. And, and I give thanks every time my, my mom and dad are here today. I want to recognize them and give them a big hand because they're still alive and kicking and doing well, doing great. But it's by the grace of God that they're here. It's, it's by the grace of God that all my siblings are saved and have a relationship with the Lord and know God. Amen? So it, it's a wonderful thing, this word grace. This morning, I want to talk to you, though, about enduring grace, about being able to endure. How, how many don't like that word endure? Endure, it just brings on a connotation of, you almost want to take a deep breath when you say, it. okay, endure. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, endure. It, it almost sounds painful when you say it, huh? Because... Many of us have had to endure things. Let me, let me just ask you, let's start off. How many have ever wanted to quit over something? Just, just walk away and quit. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, okay? I'll just tell you that right now. All of you have felt like quitting something. Maybe it was your marriage. Maybe at times you've wanted to just throw your hands up and say, I'm out of here, right? Don't raise your hand. Don't elbow your spouse. Don't, don't do that because you got to walk out with them today. Maybe you're a parent and you feel or felt like quitting saying, oh, this teenager doesn't get it. This teenager's driving me loco, you know, crazy. And, and I'm out of here. Maybe you feel like quitting. Maybe your job is so bad at work that you feel like leaving that job. All of us have felt like quitting. But what I want to speak to you today is about not giving up, not giving up, enduring grace. And I want to talk to you spiritually about not giving up, but I also want to give you some examples in the, in the natural realm of not giving up. God doesn't like quitters. Amen? Can you say that spiritually? God does not want quitters. He wants you to keep on going. Amen? I want you to stand with me as we read our sermon text this morning. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12. It's on your outline. If you need an outline, raise your hand. One will be given to you. If anybody needs one, it looks like everybody has one. 
But starting in verse 12 of Hebrews, verse, chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this in the NIV. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I'm going to stop there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word endures forever. That means it doesn't change. Lord, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever that we can count on it. Lord, I thank you that it gives me strength, that it provides wisdom for me, and that it guides my life on a daily basis. So, Father, we pray your blessing upon today's sermon. Lord, let the words that I speak be the words that you would want me to share today. And Lord, let the hearers hear and be transformed and be renewed in their minds and their spirits. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Again, look at your neighbor and tell them, Endurance. 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 You may be seated this morning. That reminds me of years ago, there was a Promise Keeper event. How many remember Promise Keepers? Men? It was a group where men would show up with other men and there'd be 50,000 men in a stadium. And one of the messages or one of the themes one year was go the distance. That was what it was called. It's also what it says in uh, the movie Field of Dreams, if anybody ever saw that movie. Go the distance. And it takes endurance to go the distance, doesn't it? It takes endurance to be married for 60 years. This coming July 27th, my parents will have been married 60 years, 6-0. Yes, it takes endurance. So give my mom a big hand. I mean, give, my, give both of them a big hand. Both of them deserve a hand because it takes two to make that happen. Amen? The scandal again of grace is that God put all your sin on Jesus. And we, know, we talked about that last week. But again, this week, I want to talk to you about enduring. Endurance. A lot of times we live in this world where it's just, I don't have the strength. You talk to people and they wake up tired. It's like, come on, you got six hours of sleep, right? That's more than enough. Uh, you should wake up refreshed, renewed. And uh, we live in this world where millennials just, they don't seem to have the get the want to to do things anymore, right? Um, I'm not talking to any millennials here, but that's what I've heard out there, young people, right? Let me show you a picture up on the screen and see if anybody recognizes. You know what these are right here? These are called supplements. These are the types of things that some of uh, the people in our church take to to work out. They give you uh, protein. They give you energy to endure they give you uh, the stamina to be able to work out. Now, wouldn't it be great if you could just take some of these uh, protein drinks, mix it up, and all of a sudden you just lost 10 pounds or you gained pecs and you gained biceps? Wouldn't it be great if you just drank it and boom? Right? Wouldn't it be great? But it doesn't work that way. You've got to put work and effort into it. God doesn't uh, expect... You to just read the word and say, okay, now you're blessed. He wants you to do your part in it. You got to walk it out. You got to walk it by faith. Amen. These are used to help you to accomplish something physically that you would under normal natural circumstances be able to do. And the word of God is no different. Amen. You can't just take the pills and protein drinks and expect results. Doesn't work that way. 
And, and if you think it works that way, you're taking it for all the wrong reasons. You're wasting your money. You have to put in the work. Endurance comes through pain. How many know that? No pain. No pain. No gain. That's right. No pain, no gain. Again, 60 years of marriage, there, were, there was pain there. I guarantee you, they'll tell you. But at the same time, there was also many times of victory, of joy, of blessing that far outnumbered the painful days. And I think everybody knows that here. Let me talk to you this morning. An illustration I used last week was about track. Um, I ran track in high school, but who, who played sports in high school or just played sports in general? Raise your hand. So here's some of you and, and others that, that didn't. You saw that um, these people that were good didn't just become good. They just didn't have a natural talent. They had to work at it, right? We, we had a coach in high school. His name was Coach Toby Wolf. Uh, Mr. Wolf, he was awesome because... He would get out there. He'd put on the sweatpants like all of us, the outfit, track outfit. And then he would strip down, you know, I'm meaning his tank top and his, and his shorts. And back in my day, they weren't shorts down to here. They were shorts like way up here, right? And that guy was built like a brick house. How many remember Mr. Wolf if you went to school with him? He was built like a brick house. And he would intimidate the other teams just by walking around. He did that intentionally. And so anyways... The point was, he was our coach, and I ran the sprints, so I ran the 100-yard dash, the 220-yard dash, the 440-yard relay, and the long jump. I did four events, and uh, in order to do that, you know, I thought, well, sprints, they're over just like that, but you have to have endurance to run them. You have to train. Remember, Mama, I would go in the backyard in the vineyards, I would run, and um, I'd run on the road, and, but you have to train. It doesn't come just by natural talent. I remember part of that training, one time Mr. Wolf told us, well, I want you to run 440-yard laps. And that means a 440-yard lap is one lap around a track. It's one lap. But I want you to run at full speed and then do it again and then do it again. And then what that does, if you're a sprinter, it builds up stamina, endurance. But the problem with that is at the end of it, if you did it the way he wanted you to do it, you felt like throwing up or you were throwing up. In fact, he went to tell us, and as far as to say that if you're not throwing up, you didn't run it all out. He wanted you throwing up afterwards. Do they still do that nowadays? I don't know. But that's a good track coach who will tell you that. And that's part of the pain. He, the pain will take you to the point of wanting to give up and quit. And there would be guys that would stop and they'd start walking. Because the pain was too much. The side ache because they weren't breathing right. The pain, the cramps would come on because they weren't training right. Every person, I want to tell you this morning, has a point where they give up. You can take a person to the point of giving up. Every one of us has that point. Whether you realize that or not. You can continue to work in your own strength and your own will. But there comes a point where you give up. Endurance is this. It's the refusal to bend under pressure. Endurance is the refusal to bend under pressure. And refusal to never abandon or give up what belongs to you. See, if God's given you a promise, don't give up because it's painful getting there. Don't give up because you don't think it's never going to happen. You've got to hang in there, amen? 
what we learn, or when we learn how to endure, it makes us stronger. How many have seen that? Now, because of what you went through, you may have a stronger marriage. Can I get an amen today? How, how many have seen that the struggles you went through as a young person now make you a strong adult? Amen? You have to go sometimes through hardships. Not everybody needs to go through them, but sometimes we go through them. Sometimes we go through them because of our own foolish decisions that we made. And we endure hardship, but that makes you and and forms the character you have today. Amen? In life, there's pain that comes through life circumstances, even spiritually. Let me tell you about endurance. Endurance is built in your life by working through life circumstances. You work through it. You don't stop and give up. Endurance is doing what Jesus said in the midst of your pain. Ever read scriptures that uh, his promises in the word that just give you hope for tomorrow? That give you hope and encourage you to just continue to keep on keeping on? Like we said this morning. Endurance means you don't quit just because things are difficult. I mean, no, life is difficult. Life isn't a a, a rose-filled path, a rose garden. Uh, It's going to have difficulties. There have been times in my past that I may have left a a job because I have felt I didn't have the endurance. That I didn't have the endurance, so I left that job. What I failed to realize at that time was I was trying to do it on my own strength and not realizing, God, you got this. You got my back. You got my back. Amen? Let me tell you uh, here about marriages here when it comes to endurance. Did you know that studies have shown that the person you are married to has 80% of what you need as a spouse. Has 80%. He doesn't, you know, how many know our spouse doesn't have 100% of what we need? It just doesn't work that way typically. Unless, you know, my wife Anna, who's in kids, she, she's 100% what I need. Amen? And you can tell her I said that. But studies have shown that the person you are married to gives you 80% of what you need. But here's the problem. So they're lacking, what it's saying is they're lacking 20% of what you need as a spouse. And what happens in marriage is when we give up, we give up because we, well, they don't have that 20%. And so what ends up happening is then they give up on the marriage, they get divorced, and then they look for somebody else. They're looking for that 20% they never got, but at the expense of 80%. So what they get is 20%. And they no longer have the 80% they used to have. And it's, and it's flipped backwards now. So don't settle. Don't give up marriages. I'm, what my point is, stay strong. Stay fighting for it. Because what I always tell everybody is, you don't want to look back 10 years from now, a year from now, saying, I didn't do what I should have done. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You don't want to look back with regrets. Amen? You want to be able to fight through and, and, and work at it. Amen? I want to read another scripture to you found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 is also in your outline. And it says the following in the New American Standard Bible. It says this, you therefore, my son, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul, who was writing this, was writing it to Timothy. Timothy was a pastor at that time. Do you know that your pastor has to be strong? He can't be a nilly-willy flake. 
He has to be a strong person spiritually I'm talking about. He doesn't have to be able to bench press 400 pounds. I'm not talking about that. But he has to be able to bench press 400 pounds spiritually for you. Paul knew this and he was saying, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The definition for strong in the Greek means to be empowered by. So if you look at the rest of that verse, it says to be empowered by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Where do we find our strength? In Jesus. It's not what you and I can do. It's not in our intellect. It's not in our wisdom. It's not in your networking, who you know, people you know, places you go, the car you drive, the home you live in. It's not in any of that. It's in who you trust in. Who do you put your trust in this morning? Only another pastor knows how hard it can be to, to pastor. Amen. And uh, that's why we're going to a pastor's conference in May, May 3rd through 5th. And it's in Sacramento. And uh, part of your giving goes to contribute to that. So thank you for that. I just want to tell you thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Let's continue here. Grace empowers you not to give up. Grace empowers you not to give up. Keep on doing what you're doing. If you're doing well, if you're fighting the fight, despite the circumstances, despite what you see, what does the Bible say? It says we walk by, by what? Faith. By faith, not by sight. sight. Amen. Too many of us, I think, walk by sight. Well, it doesn't look good. This doesn't look bad or uh, good either. We better stay right here. And we, we live in fear rather than living by faith and stepping out and doing something we've never done before. Amen. You keep doing what you're doing despite the circumstances and despite how long it takes. You keep believing God's word. If God's given you a promise, hold on to it. You keep trusting God and dealing with any doubt that comes because along the way, when you're holding on to promises of God, there will be fear and doubt creep into you. And there's nothing wrong with doubting. That's not a sin. But it's what you do with that. If you entertain that, if you continue to, to believe on that doubt, then it takes away the promises of God. You've got to maintain and hold on to those promises of God. Uh, I'm going to share a real quick story, um, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, when I used to work at Basalt, it was where the former Sire Company is now on Highway, what is it, Soft School 221 right there across from Napa Valley College. Used to be called Basalt, a Dillingham company from Hawaii. Anyways, my dad retired from there after 27 years there, right? Give him a big hand. He retired there 27 years. And he got me a job there working in another department. And I think I was uh, 18. I want to say I was 18 when this happened. But one day we were making, we actually helped build the Moscone Center in San Francisco. That's, I know, I, it doesn't look like I'm that old, but you know. Anyways, we were making what's called double T's. Double T's is pouring concrete. So we would make forms, spend six hours making forms with rebar and, and wires, pre-stressed cables. It was a state job. So we had a state inspector there observing every single detail. Every day we did this for probably uh, almost two years. We made these double T's that were part of the roof of the Moscone Center. And it weighed hundreds of of tons when it was a finished product. So this double T was about, uh, I'd say, 40 feet long. And double T meaning it looked like a T, and then on top it had a flat surface, all concrete, rebar in each of these T's. And it was my responsibility at the end of the day when we poured the 20 yards of concrete to um, use a spud, what was called a spud. It's an electrical 
uh, item that you stick in the concrete and it, and it settles all the concrete down. It removes air pockets, bubbles, because you want to make sure the concrete goes down and goes into every crack and crevice. So that particular day, I noticed that that spud didn't seem to be going all the way down where it's supposed to be going. And if anybody here has ever done con concrete, you know where I'm going with this. So I, I did my whole side, 40 feet long, and this other guy named Jim, he was, he was doing his side because we all had a side. And every day, uh, or every week, I should say, we alternated. So that was my week. I did that side. He did that side. And so the thing was with this particular concrete, we would steam them. So that meant the very next day, they were ready to come out of the form. So we'd get these big 20-ton forklifts, one on each side. They would pick up this concrete slab out of the form, raise it up. So here we are. We're, we're all watching because we see this first thing in the morning. We unwrap it, take the tarp off. It's all been steaming all night. It's hot. Concrete's all set. And here they lift up these two forklifts. Lift up this huge slab, right? And on my side, where I had worked, there's a big hole like this where you could drive a car through it. I mean, but you couldn't because there's steel in there. But it was that big. You could drive a car through it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble now. And everybody all of a sudden, they're all looking at me like they knew Mendez had spudded that side. And so sure enough, the general uh, contractor on that job, the supervisor, he comes out there in his white ranchero, pulls up. And of course, he knew what was going on. And he had said, Mendez, get over here. And he gives me a piece of his mind. One more time like that, and you're down the road. And I said, yes, sir, that will never happen again. And it didn't. And so the very next day, you know, so they, to finish that story, they, they ha hired a mason, and he patched it up which was a big no-no. That thing should have been thrown out, but it was patched up, and it's part of the roof of the Moscone Center at this point. That's why I've only been in that building one time. I don't want to be in that building in an earthquake. I'll tell you that. And you don't want to be in the building in case of an earthquake. That's insider information, okay? So, so the very next day, guess who was out there spudding twice as long as Jim? I was. I was out there... But, and they're all laughing. It's raining. And I'm getting shocked because there's electrical cord. I'm getting shocked. And, uh, but I stayed out there for almost 40 minutes doing my side, which would be typically about 20 or two times longer than I needed to be. And they're all laughing because they're inside the shed, staying nice and dry. And um, they're all getting a kick. But I did that every single day. And here's, here's the point what I'm trying to make, that if you keep on keeping on, God will see you through, amen? I never had that problem again. I trusted, even back then when I didn't know God in a personal relationship, I said, God, you've got to help me with this. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, and he did. He never had that happen to me again or let that happen to me again, amen? Believe what God says about your circumstance, amen? Yeah. Endurance, let me give you a definition here is persistence, is patience, is, is what I was doing there on that job. It's the refusal to bend under pressure. Again, it's your refusal to never abandon or give up what belongs to you. Amen? We must continue to endure, endure. Amen? Sometimes you have to endure when it looks like nothing's changing. When it looks like everything's the same, sometimes you have to keep on keeping on. 
And what, what do I mean by that? Well, God creates character in the midst of hardship. Amen. Keep acting on God's truth and your trust in Him. If He's given you a promise, if you know the scripture that you're holding on to, hold on to it. If you're going through a struggle and, and you're looking for this, looking for that, and you're looking for God's help, look up a scripture that will apply to your, to your situation and hold on to that. That's your promise for you. Amen? God doesn't want you to quit spiritually. He doesn't want you to give up and walk out never to be seen again in a church. He wants you to remain faithful, to continue to endure. Irene, can I use you as an example up here? Can you just stand up here real quick? This will only take about a minute. So give her a big hand right now. Okay, Irene. So say this turquoise, turquoise, right, color? Okay. Say that turquoise is really, if I tell you it's white, you're going to laugh at me going, no, that's, that's turquoise. But say God said, this is now white. Well, then it's going to change to white, okay? All right, Irene, thank you. You can be seated. Now I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Now, if God said that was white, it would become white. What if God says this morning to each of you this morning that you have a strong marriage but right now it doesn't look like it. What if God said that that job that you're looking for, that you don't have this minute, is right around the corner, but it doesn't look like it? What if God said that that healing that's going to take place in your body is coming, but it doesn't look like it right now? Amen? Yeah. God's word endures forever. We have to continue to believe on that, to, to believe that God is faithful, amen? amen? Whatever God says in his word is truth. It's proclaimed. It hasn't changed. It has not changed. God's grace is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he says in his word is be strong. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. How many times in the Old Testament do we, do we see that? Be strong and courageous, he tells us. Today, it still means the same. Be strong and courageous, no matter what it is that you're facing today. Now, I want to go into your outline, the, the three points on endurance, what endurance means. Number one on your outline, it says the following, you keep on doing what you are doing despite the circumstances and despite how long it takes. What is it that you're going through and you're thinking, this is never going to happen. I'm never going to get this. First of all, have you done what Pastor Rick's asked you to do and write it down specifically? How many have done that and seen God answer prayers? All of you. I, there's been many of you that have done that because you've told me. I've done that. Anna's done that. My girls have done that. And seeing God's answer to prayer. When you write things down specifically, he answers prayer. If, if I have an arrow here and a, and a bow, but I don't have a bullseye, a target, how am I ever going to know if I hit it? It's just going to go somewhere. Prayers, much the same way. When we offer prayers to God, we must be specific so that way, when God answers, you know without a shadow of a doubt that God answered that prayer. How many know that this morning? There's another, well, let me read this first. No matter how long it takes for that prayer, no matter what you face, the circumstances, no matter how long it takes, we need to be firm, stand firm. The mistake we often make is 
We take matters into our own hands. We say, well, I guess God's not going to answer that. So I, I guess I better, you know, if you're a single person today, I, I, I'm going to settle for, for that person, for that person or this person. Or you're looking for a job. Well, I guess I'm going to settle for working at McDonald's because I can't get another job. Or, you know what I mean? We take matters into our own hands rather than sometimes waiting on God. And waiting on God is painful. It can be trying. It can be, it'll cause your faith to go, Lord, are you ever going to show up? But he does. He does. Amen. How many know that the expression is Rome wasn't built in a day? Neither are you. You aren't going to be built in a day. It's a lifelong process. Again, how many are glad that they are not the same person they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? You're a transformed person. You are a new creation in Christ. He's given you the grace, the wisdom, and the endurance to go along with it. And if you're married here today and you don't really believe that, ask your spouse. They'll set you straight right now. Amen. Again, the problem is we usually find a way to work around our issues when we do it our way. And when we do things like that, all we do is create more problems, more issues that God never intended for you. He never intended for Now, will he work with you through that? Yes. But sometimes you have to learn the hard way and go through steps, go through things that you never, ever should have had to go through. Amen? God is good. Everybody say, God is good. Amen. Number two on your outline. Endurance means you keep believing in God's truth. You keep trusting in God and dealing with any doubt that comes. And why is that important? What does your enemy walk around doing every day, the Bible says? He, he, he goes about seeking whom he may kill, whom he, he may destroy, take away your faith, put doubt in your mind, give you fear, false expectations appearing real, which we know is fear. Fear we create here, and we imagine all these things coming true when that is a lie from the enemy. And God is saying, keep believing, keep trusting in my word. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. How many are doing that today? Are you truly trusting in the Lord? Doubts don't mean you have failed God again. I just want to make sure because we will all experience doubt even on your path right now. Just continue to trust God, but don't allow doubt to steal your faith. Amen? Amen. And then point number three on what endurance means. You keep acting on God's truth and your trust in Him. Keep acting on God's truth. Keep walking. Keep praying. Keep going to church. Keep going to Bible studies. Keep fellowshipping. Keep giving. Keep the attitude that you have when things don't appear as though you want them to be at that moment. God's not going to leave you there. Remember, you're going through something. Amen? You know, when we were kids, when we were teenagers, well, even from as far as I can remember, every day around 4.30, 5 o'clock, my mom would be making tortillas, homemade flour tortillas. I could taste them right now. (laughs) And maybe for some of you, it was something else in your household that you grew up and you couldn't wait, right? And as teenagers, man, we would just devour those, huh, Ruben? We would just tear those up. And, and so, you know, we'd, we'd come by and my mom would be making the tortillas, rolling them out, and then she'd put them on the stove and then cook them and then she'd put them in a little basket, right? And then we'd go to grab and she'd slap our hand, not yet, 
not yet. Not until she had like enough tortillas. Then she said, okay, you can have one. But she hardly ever let us take the first one. <clears throat> but here's my point in that. We, we, when we wanted tortillas, we wanted them right now. We didn't want to wait 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. We wanted them right now because I wanted to get some butter, put some butter on there, roll them up, taste them right there. Oh, man, I'm getting hungry right now just thinking of that. We live in a microwave generation. We want everything right now. We want our marriage to be fixed right now. We want that new job right now. We want that healing right now. God is saying, I'm in control. Endure with me. I'm shaping you, molding you into the person that I want you to be as you go through this. And you may be saying to God, but, but Lord, it's not fair. No, I, I, I get that. Sometimes life isn't fair. But he hasn't left you. In fact, he's strengthening you. He's giving you his grace. Amen? He's giving you his grace. Keep believing for God's promises. Don't make that mistake of expecting things in your timing. Have you figured that out yet? It, things don't happen in your timing. It's when God says, okay, I'm ready to roll with this now. Let's go. But if you try to do it in your timing, we'll find a way to mess things up. And, and don't do that. Trust God and trust in his timing. Amen? Yeah. Another quick story here. I, just, I wanted to share these stories today. Um, there was a job I left years ago. And I, I only worked at this place for six months. That, the new job I went to. And uh, in that job, I met this individual over here named Garland. Garland Steubenberry. Raise your hand, Garland. Right there. I didn't know Garland from Adam back then. And I always brag about this place because it was a unique place. We were actually talking about this on Wednesday night at Bible study. Only place I've ever worked at where in this department that I worked in, all the guys, we'd come up to the, in the morning, we wouldn't just say, hey, what's up? Good morning. Give a hug. This guy, I didn't know him from Adam. He came up to me and gave me a hug. I'm like, wow, check that out. Give me a hug. And I noticed he did that to everybody and they did that to him. I thought, this is really cool. I like this. You know, I, I'm a hugger, so I don't have a problem with that. If you're not a hugger, you probably would have a problem with that, right? But it was awesome. I've never been in an, in an environment like that. But here's the thing. I worked there for six months. I really felt God asked me to or told me to leave where I was at and go there. And then I, I left there. And in hindsight, you know why God had me there? This gentleman here, not only has he been here in this church, he's brought over 20 members of his family. 20 members to this church. And it was for me to make contact with them because a few years later, this was, this was in the early 2000s uh, when I met him. And then it was in 2000, I want to say 13 or 14, 2013. We were doing movies in the park Friday night. We would, you know, after work, we'd load up my truck and we'd set up and do movies every Friday night in American Canyon. And one day I see this man in line to get popcorn. We gave away free popcorn. And I said, Garland, and he gave me a hug. And I gave him a hug, because that's how we do it. And um, I invited him to church. I said, Garland, here's a card. Um, we're from Foothill Christian. I'd like for you to come. And he said, I'll be there Sunday, sir. That's what he told me. And sure enough, that Sunday, May and Garland were here, and their beautiful Jaya and Chris were here on that day, and they've never left. And, why, you know, exactly, that's an answer to prayer. God put me in that place. I didn't know why. I couldn't figure it out.
But now as I look back, step back, I know why. God wanted me to share his word at that time with him. And we would talk. We would talk at that time. Um, but God is good. How many know that? God is good. That was a God thing right there. That's why we shouldn't give up. You don't know what God is doing in the middle of your circumstance right now. You don't know who God puts in your path. Every day God puts people in your path that need to hear the word of God. Every single day. Every single day someone needs to be encouraged. Yesterday we were at an event in the afternoon. I talked to a few people that just, I thought they were, I told them they were divine appointments. God wanted me to tell them something. Whether they realize that or not, that's between them and God. But God puts people in our path. Amen? If it's in your life right now, whatever this may be, then God's given you the grace to overcome it. God's given you the grace to overcome it. How do I know that? Because one of my favorite scriptures when I became a, a believer, one of my favorite scriptures, and I say this about every scripture that I quote, but 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Do we have this? Uh, no, we don't have it, but let me read it to you. Write it down, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, because it is an important scripture that you should have underlined or written in, uh, in your notes here, but the, the Bible says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. And the King James says to be able to bear it. So the word here endure, enduring. See, how many are going through something right now? Raise your hand if you're going through something, right? And, and it's enduring. It's, it's taking its toll but God's promise right here, and I want you to hold on to this promise. If that's you this morning, I want you to hold on to this promise. He says, but with that temptation or that trial, he will provide a way of escape also that you may be able to endure it or bear it. He's not left you alone. He's given you his promises, and he wants you to stay faithful. Amen? Another reason not to give up is that the answer is more than likely right around the corner. It's right around the corner. Too often we give up when the answer was just waiting. Just, just a few more minutes. Just hold on. Just keep on keeping on because the answer's coming. Amen? How many have looked back and said, man, I should have waited a little bit longer. I, I could have had this, could have had that. God wanted to give me this. But we have to keep on holding on. Amen? Amen. And then finally, it is those who endure who receive the blessing. There's a scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, it says, those that endure until the end shall be saved. Well, in the same uh, circumstances here, those that endure through their trial shall go through it, shall get through it. Amen? Those that endure, you've got to work through hardships. Life isn't fair, again. Life isn't fair. How many, all of us here have gone through trials. Life isn't fair. Amen. And God wants you to endure it. He's given you the grace to go through the trials, the challenges that you face and that are facing today. Amen. As I close this morning, I want to read a scripture to you found in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. This was our scripture verse that Irene read. And it says the following, Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, everybody say due time. We will reap if we do not grow weary. In due time, we will reap 
if we do not grow weary. Amen? Amen. Those who endure will receive His promises. Are you struggling today? Are you going through something? Those that endure, those that endure will receive the promises of God. Amen. Amen. And let me just share as I close this last story of Peter. How many remember, remember the story of Peter when he was walking on the water? He was a water walker. Peter's in the boat and he sees Jesus out on the water. And Jesus calls him out, says, come on out, Peter. And there's a couple of things, lessons there that we learn, though. But, but how many know that Jesus is telling you the same thing today? Come on. Come on to me. In the middle of a storm, mind you, the waves are rocking the boat on the Sea of Galilee where I've been. And that sea gets chopping. It gets windy in the afternoon. And, and the white caps start, start being produced out there. And it gets windy. This is a storm. Rain, storm, wind. And in the middle of a storm... Jesus looks at Peter and says, come on, come on, come on. Has Jesus ever called you out in the middle of your storm and said, come on, come on. So he sees him. First of all, he was looking for Jesus. He was looking for him. You can't find Jesus if you're not looking for him. First of all, he was looking for him. And as Jesus called him, Peter was that man of faith, boldness. It didn't matter what it looked like. He said, Lord, if you're calling me, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to step out in faith. And he stepped out. He walked out and walked on water. And as he's walking to Jesus, the Bible says he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to look at his circumstances, began to look at how bad his marriage was, how he was failing. I'm just saying that. But what he was really doing was he was looking at the waves, how big they were, how strong the wind was, how strong the rain was, the circumstances in his life were telling him how he should react rather than looking at Jesus and trusting in God. And what happened, the Bible says, he began to sink, he began to drown, and he began to call out to the Lord, the Lord. He said, Lord, save me. And that's what we'll do when we're drowning in our circumstances, when we don't put all of our trust in the Lord, we began, hopefully, we'll, we'll shout out, Lord, help me. And what, did the Bible, what does the Bible say? Immediately the Lord pulled him out. Pulled him out. He's there for you if you need him today. Amen? Amen. So the question this morning that I have, the question I have for you is, who are you keeping your eyes on? Are you keeping your eyes on your circumstances? Are you keeping your eyes on the battle at work tomorrow? Are you dreading going there tomorrow? Are you keeping your eyes on the fact that there's too much, too much month left and not enough money in the bank account and you're not trusting God to meet that need? Are you trusting God or are you just looking at your circumstances and thinking, Lord, how am I going to do this? I'm doubting left and right. I'm doubting. I'm fearful now because doubt will lead to fear and fear will lead you to not trusting God. We have to trust God. And that means removing doubt. If you feel that doubt coming on, I want you to rebuke that. Say, Lord, I rebuke that thought. I cast it away from my mind. And I know with you I can do all things in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Give him a clap offering. If you believe you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning as we close. <coughs> I really believe that all of us here today, we need 
we need God's strength to endure. Because there's days I know that you and I don't have strength to endure. Sometimes we want to just quit. Sometimes there are days when it's too much. And I mentioned some examples, but I'm talking spiritually now. I'm talking spiritually. God doesn't want you to quit. He wants you to keep on keeping on. He wants you to endure what you're going through. He's right here with you right now. He lives inside of you, and He wants to give you wisdom and direction and guidance every day of your life. Amen.